0: It is the 11-Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's George. And, you know, Ohio State comes off a win and everybody's happy. Everything's copacetic. You, you beat an undefeated team. You are. I'm you're, furious. That's right. No, no. Everybody's happy. There's nothing to be upset about. It's going great. Here's the thing, man. And, and you know, we've kind of talked about this before we started recording. I am not as... Uh, excited about this win, as I think maybe it would be easy to, you know, kind of convince myself to be. And, you know, I- I'm seeing this narrative online a lot where it's like, okay, you know, everybody freaked out in the first half and, you know, the naysayers don't know what they're talking about because here comes Ohio State in the second half and they look amazing and they look great. I got to be honest, man. And As I'm going through the game, I look at the highlights, I kind of revisited it. You cannot have... I mean much less a national championship winning team, but a, a conference championship winning team and look this bad running the ball. They cannot they this is not a state of affairs that Leading in my off opinion,
1: negative after a twenty point
0: win. That's fine. And because the truth of the matter is, is it's not about the optics, it's not about the um, you know the expectations or anything like that. It's about the particulars about whether you're able to run the ball or not. I don't care if Ohio state wants to transform into an air raid team like they did with Dwayne Haskins, where he's throwing for 5,000 yards because they can't run the ball. And that's what they have to do. But I cannot, I cannot fully believe in a team. I cannot fully buy into a team that thinks that they can still run the ball on first down, get one yard of carry and keep doing it the entire game as if something's going to change at this point, And again, you know, Draymond Henderson's not in there. I don't think it matters, man. I I think they have to either figure out something very quickly on offense when it comes to the running game, or just give up the ghost and, and just start winging it. Because that's those are the options. And if you want to beat Michigan, if you want to get over the hump, you've got to show something different than what we've seen on the uh, running or the running game um, in the past few few weeks here. Because it's just it's not it's not working. Whatever you're trying to do, it ain't working.
1: Well, you were ready to jump off the Travion Henderson bandwagon at the start of the season. I was. That's he right. Has I since was revitalized his career at Ohio State. I think the fact that he wasn't available as an, a somewhat unexpected scratch, at least in the public view, yeah, last weekend probably somewhat affected the run game. In that you're losing your lead back, your most dynamic early down option in favor of you know we were speculating how much burn mayan williams was going to get relative to the fact that chip plays the same role at a bit of a a higher gear and speed and that was reflected in the fact that he ended up getting the first start of his career over mayan williams Mm -hmm. and there was also you know we were given kevin our our listener who writes us every week some grief last week because he called mayan williams fat and then there were some uh, credence to those rumors that were, <laughs> I believe true. reported that he did in fact come into the season heavy and that impacted his ability to get, uh, you know, playing time. So there, you have not necessarily the, the rhythm that you've enjoyed and the success that you have had in the run game, that gets kind of sapped away by this late scratch, Mm-hmm. Uh, they enjoyed their most offensive success. I think against Maryland last year was when Henderson was playing in that game before he got hurt again because he was playing through an injury. Sure, so he was. I think he was probably a, a key part of the game plan. And the thing is, I, I, and the, and this is something that has consistently been a theme, not just with Ryan Day's teams, but also Urban Meyer's teams. I I was preparing to go out to a bar to watch this game because I, I worked the previous weekend for 11 warriors. So I was, I was siloed into my apartment here in Miami, uh, Mm -hmm. holding down the fortress for, you know, my fellow Knights of Columbus. So I I wanted to go out and enjoy myself. (laughs) And uh, I was like, can I, can I, can I really go out to this bar right now in my Ohio state? Like, Pull over, like Your while potentially while Talia's lighting us up, and we're we're you know putting snaps end over end on fourth down to start the game, and the the receivers are face catching us, and the whole time I am just thinking, yeah, we're you know they're gonna figure it out because second half adjustments have always been so key for this team, and I think the run game too in a lot of ways wears on opponents in a way that you end up seeing it pay more dividends in the second half than you
0: do in the earlier stages of the game when's that gonna happen though because the thing is man like it happens in the
1: second half of like every game they play
0: but i don't think it happened against maryland they again if you look at the if you look at the individual rushing attempts like seriously go through the play-by-play on espn they're not getting like five, like Chop had a couple good runs, but they're getting stuffed at line of scrimmage pretty freaking consistently throughout the game. That didn't change.
1: They did convert in the first half. I remember because I like kind of sarcastically pointed it out. I was like, "Oh, they converted a third and short by running the ball finally." And right. so that was. I know they at least got one of them, and there were eleven players on the field for that one. So you know, <laughs> that's nice, right. That's nice right. point of building confidence. Status quo. But look, man. My point is. They 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 were never in in like finite absolute danger, and they had a nightmare start to this game. I mean, they weird, did yeah. nightmarish, bad, awful start at I don't want to say all three phases. It's it but it was it, it is kind of a nightmare getting face caught on that if you're you know uh, Benison, and, uh, you know, the, the, for the game to start like that, I mean, they were saying immediately that's that's one of the catches of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's not. Yeah, a I mean, what, you can't confidence. do anything
0: about that. I think he, right. you know, you defend that as well as you can.
1: It, it's not a point of inspiring confidence at the start of the game. But I went to this right. bar and I end up sitting next to two Maryland fans that are watching the game there. And they're. You know, nail biting and like whatever because they're like this is the best game that Maryland has ever played in Ohio Stadium, bar none. They've gotten a cut close a couple times at Mm. their house, and they made sure to tell me about that. But the whole time, but they're looking at me while Ohio State is starting to build this three score lead in the second half, and they're very envious because I at no point at like while this game is very tense am I nervous because I've seen this story before and I'm confident that Ryan day is going to make the adjustments and that Ohio state's going to find the success. They've never lost to Maryland ever. So I don't think it's going to happen under those circumstances. And I trust the people in charge to make the management decisions. But my point is not success.
0: My point isn't about whether or not they were going to lose to Maryland. I didn't think they were going to lose to Maryland. I wasn't worried about that. My point is that, you have a running game that is completely moribund, and, and not—it's it, not like it's a one-off thing. This is something that's been an issue throughout the entire season. I'm not looking at Maryland. I'm not looking at Purdue. I'm not looking at you know any of these other teams. I'm looking at Penn State and Michigan. That's a problem. You need to what look. What position more did
1: the starting running back in that game play like a year ago?
0: What are you talking about for Chip? Yeah. Well, I mean, Chip was Chip was Chip was playing running back, but he was also doing other stuff. But the, well, he
1: was a linebacker when yeah, he, he got line-
0: here, was he not? Well, yeah. Does it but, not
1: say something about this program that they I, can take a linebacker and flip him into a running back and then make that guy their emergency starter under a circumstance where they have to scratch Travion and still get enough on, out of the running game where they win? I'm saying I trust wait a minute. in a larger vacuum. I right. trust the coaching staff to make the adjustments Best. necessary for this run game to find success Hang on a second, as though.
0: they consistently have. Hang on a second, though. There's a difference between converting a linebacker into a running back and having that running back run for like 100 yards or something like that or five yards to carry. Anybody can convert any position into a running back and have that them run for three yards That guy was forced to, to be the
1: starter. I'm uh, aware like that. You're
0: being hypercritical of one game it's where they got game.
1: that guy to say st- it is. Hang on, hang
0: on. It's not one game because what you need to understand, what you need to look at is what Ohio let, – let's do this. Let's do a quick little – Travion
1: Henderson was not available. I'm like aware the, of that. I,
0: why are you upset about this? I'm not upset about this. I'm upset about the rushing offense as a whole throughout the entire season. Ohio State right now is, is not doing very well in the rushing game, not against Maryland – but against Notre Dame, against other teams. So that's the issue. It's not that it's a one-off thing. It's not that it's against Maryland and Chip is in and that's that's indicative of what the, the entire season's doing. It's the results that you've seen from other games, right? It's not just in a vacuum that I'm talking about. This my point is five
1: games into the
0: season. I'm aware They've of that. But let me finish my point. Of, let me finish my point real quick. Right, right. Let me finish my point real quick. They haven't played very good defenses, okay, first of all. That's one thing to keep in mind. Maryland in particular, okay? So you're not blowing guys off the ball. We talked about this with Kyle Jones. They're not doing well in short-yarded situations. They, they are not getting to the point of attack where they need to be. I don't care about Maryland. And I said this, actually, um, in, the, in the social reacts and stuff. I don't care about any of that. It does, they're going to beat these teams. They're going to beat these teams because they have Kyle McCord. They have Marvin Harrison, Jr., they have guys who are going to be really, really good at... I would, would be more concerned about McCord coming
1: out of this game, by the way, than the run game. But
0: well, fair enough, that. because he started really poorly, and that's fine. My point is, my, my final point with the rushing game is that this is a two-game season, right? And so what you're doing is when you're looking at each game that the Ohio State plays, is you're trying to essentially compare what they're doing versus what you can expect against the likes of Penn State and Michigan. Michigan has one of the best defensive lines in the country. Penn state has one of the best defensive line in the country right now. Your offensive line is mediocre. That's a problem. So if you're running for three point yards, three point eight yards per carry, or actually, that's 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 actually the starting. Buddy, you back. sound
1: way too enamored with Michigan, and I have a mother that went to school there. So I'm I telling know.
0: you, dude, one point nine yards per carry against Maryland is not cutting it. You can you can you know pat yourself on the back and say, yeah, Chip came in and you know did what he was supposed to do one point nine yards per carry, George? Less than two I, yards I, it's per not, carry. That's not good. Defend I sarcastic. That.
1: I sarcastically like put up the standard that like listen, if you're giving me 3.3, which is bad, like, <laughs> 3.4 is like I'm good with that because if I give you the ball three times on average, you're gonna get me a sure. first down. Chop so was one, ship is not was 3.1. 1.9 is not cutting it for me. but again, those are running backs that are accustomed to operating in different roles. Than what the lead back in this offense needs to produce with. And the guy that is most suited for that role was not available. And so the running backs, who I've I've sung the praise of this running back room all year, I'm not as upset about the running like the players itself as much as I am how they're being used. You went into the season saying you thought Evan Pryor was going to be the X Factor for this offense. Yeah. Has he seen the field?
0: No, I think you should. I, think they I need thought he would have
1: been a great fit in that game for Kyle McCord for Absolutely. check down purposes. 100%. And we didn't get to see it. But we also – I Travion Henderson naturally kind of fits that role as the starter that Pryor offers, but also the same kind of running value right. that you end up getting from Chip and Mayan. I agree with that. That, that blended dynamic approach is, is important to have for that offense. I – I really enjoy the, the depth that this running back room has, and I wish we would have seen more of it. And it comes more down to the coach and the personnel to deploy that than it does, I think, to the, what we've necessarily seen in terms of production in the situations that they've been put in. So I, I'm, I'm making a lot of excuses, but <laughs> I think that there's – well, I think that the criticism, if you're going to have it for this game – there's expectations that we had for other players on this team, such as McCord. A lot of people were saying he's ready or this game is going to be the next step. And if it was a step, it was a step backwards. It felt like in a for most of the afternoon. So there's, I, I if you're going to come after the running game, we've been critical of the fact that this team has not been able to convert <laughs> in short yardage situations, Goal to con like, you know, like third and fourth and two or goal to go, mm-hmm. getting those conversions. This team has not been good at that since going back to last season, and it's something that bit them in the butt in the Michigan game. They still haven't rectified that issue. We were talking with uh, Jones about that last week. We we recognize that as a problem. It didn't get rectified in this game. but. Sure. To be largely more critical of the run game in a situation where the starting running back that the offense is like tailored around having as a backfield mate to McCord, that guy wasn't available, and they were still able to eke out a win with a guy that they brought in as a transfer a year ago that was playing a defensive position when he got here. I'm I'm proud of what the coaches did in that circumstance, and I'm optimistic that when they have the full skill set available – they'll do the right thing. I do wish that they would use more of their tools though.
0: And that's a fair point. And I do, I do agree with you. The fact that like, it is one of those things where you have to do what you have available. I don't understand where the pride comes in. The guy ran for 3.1 yards per carry. I mean, it's, it's again, that's not, Does that – You have to
1: understand, as long as Mayan Williams is bad, it only makes me look good because I said (laughs) Master was better
0: than him and I would
1: never let anyone forget it.
0: Okay, well, fair enough. And I will say, I mean, in all honesty, um, as frustrated as I have been and I think Ohio State fans in general have been with the Russian game, Trevion Henderson did have a pretty darn game against uh, Notre Dame, right? wasn't as you know he hasn't been consistent all throughout the year but if you want to make the case that uh missing that guy like completely guts the rushing attack I think that's a fair point I think that's it makes definitely
1: a, it makes a significant difference right. I, I wouldn't say fully guts but it an impact certainly without yeah. question and I
0: think that's and I think that is a fair point I I do think the offensive line in general is just not lived up to what they need to do um but man, well, at we one knew point... coming
1: into this season they were very inexperienced. Oh, absolutely! Think, yeah. it, like it's spe- to speak to that, Carson Hensman, I think, has been the most undisputably impressive of the bunch. Oh, absolutely! And he had the lowest expectations, given the least right. amount of experience. So right. it's there's and a lot especially more playing the position that he plays in, too. Yeah, it's the um, hardest to evaluate.
0: Right, exactly. And so, you know, I mean. Two things. First of all, you get Henderson back, and if he comes out and he looks gangbusters, then you know I'm an idiot, and that's fine. And and then and they're okay. I mean, you don't need to have a dominant rushing game. Um, you just need to have a complementary rushing game, and that's fine. And that, and if they can do that, they can do that. If they can't field that, like I said, go air raid. Screw it. Do you know? Do what you need to do with Dwayne You know, with Dave, like you did with Dwayne Haskins. Throw the ball 50 times a game. You can win that way. Uh, and
1: remember, he, we were talking to Jones last week, and he said, like the the when you asked him what was your favorite play of the season, it was when he just said, you know, Day just says screw it and dials up right. four verts because you right. know that's who he is. So we we haven't really need to see Day go like full him mode, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, yet. So I think the longer Ohio State doesn't have to put that on film the better for this entire team so I'm I'm comfortable yeah. watching them kind of eke out their problems yeah. right now that's that's going to pay dividends later in the season because we just got done with the first week of October there's so that's much true. football to play
0: I will also say I had that same thought when they did that little league play with um uh Kate Stover right when he had when, he, when they had him line up on the right and then just kind of delayed and then go for a touchdown I was like that's awesome like that's an incredible play call also hardly
1: got I think that was like his only target of the afternoon like he hardly got like called upon at all which was a bit surprising
0: yeah he wasn't in a ton I mean he had I mean obviously he ended up with a decent amount of yards because of the two catches that he had but that was basically it um I just think that that's that's the kind of play that you know you're gonna bust out against the likes of Penn State and Michigan and that's that's hard to stop because Cade's such a good uh you know pass catching tight end Um, Marvin, Marvin came out. I mean, he's, I mean, Jesus, like he's insane. Um, talent wise, I still think he's probably, you know, one of, if not the best player in America. I agree with you a little bit with McCord. McCord looked, I mean, not only did he come out looking really wobbly, but I think he really got his, uh, his butt saved on multiple occasions by his wide receivers, kind of bailing him out. Um, you know, again, not terrible stuff. Uh, from him, I don't think, but also one of those things where it's like they're growing pains to be in that, um, that position that he's in. And, uh, he's lucky that he's surrounded by the talent that he is. And, you know, let's not say that I think he played awfully or, you know, he deserves to, to be sit or anything like that. I mean, the guy threw for what, 300, it was like 320 yards, I think something like that. Um, but definitely some missed opportunities, some poorly thrown balls and, uh, you know, it's nice to have Marvin Harrison Jr. on your team. I guess is what I would t- say.
1: I'm tired that. of seeing them use Marv on like those little bubble screens and those under. Like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't. That. that doesn't. There do was him one favors. catch he had it, that was set up by like. You know, I know they set those like to do one, and then they scheme it again, and it sets up like a downfield route later in the game. And they did that right. for Marv, and it got him wide open, and it was really—I cool. mean, that's fine. But sure. I—we hadn't seen them use anything like that the rest of the season, I don't think, to this point. And it's just been a lot of other Marv underneath stuff. And mm-hmm. I, every time I see that, I just think. Why isn't that guy like 15 yards downfield? Right. Because he's open Just over every dudes.
0: Time. <laughs> like, yeah. He's 6'4. <laughs> His wingspan is like 50 feet. Like, what are you doing? Just get him on a safety. Be
1: shadowing him anyway.
0: Like, if don't put him behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. What is
1: he doing down there? Come I don't on. get
0: that. Yeah, that's I agree with that. That's silly. But when he does, you know, get free. And I love the fact they had that BS call on Xavier Johnson, you know, with the motion where he scored the first touchdown. And then they said, well, fine, screw you. And then they went right back to him on basically the same play and just then immediately scored again. You're like, Jones okay. wants that ref investigated. Oh my God. Yeah. I, that was, they do that. In, and that's what Ryan Day was saying. They do that on every play. Every team knows that on every play. There's um,
1: speculation I, he had the under because uh, he also <laughs> threw the flag on the, the Josh Proctor TD. That oh, that's That right. would regated it. Yeah. So ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Point-shaving refs. I want to talk about the defense a little bit. As, as angsty as I might be about the, uh, um, about the running game in certain parts of the offense— i really like this defense like this is probably i you know you had the uh, the year um where uh oh geez he's at bc now why am i blanking on his on his name the coach um loxley no he's at bowling uh, or bowling he's at boston college uh halfley jeff halfley yeah. yeah the jeff halfley year at ohio state where they had the best defense in the country uh they're just destroying people blowing people blah 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 as much as people have complained about like the defensive line, not getting sacks. That's one thing that I don't care about at all. Uh, when you're seeing these kind of results in terms of locking a guy down like Tua, I mean, that, or Talia, that is not Tua, but the guy who, you know, heir apparent, obviously, you know, his brother, um, you, they put him in a box and, and, and as, as much as he did have some success, I mean, there, it's not like they completely locked him down. He still threw for about 200 yards. You do two picks on the guy. Um, he only completes about half his passes for less than five yards an attempt. That was that was some sick uh, defending. And, and I got to say, man, like you know, it's it's early. It's hard to proclaim anything is fixed, but the defensive secondary, the DBs, are playing as well as I've seen in a very long time out of Ohio, out of Ohio State, and it's pretty know, awesome man. to see.
1: Talia had Steel Chambers literally
0: shook on that rushing touchdown. <laughs> that was that was that was unfortunate. That was very right. unfortunate. Uh, but other than that, and and Steel didn't have a great game. Um, but other than that, the uh, the defense as a whole has played really really well. I thought the D line was much more active. You get a couple sacks. That's fun. But overall, I mean, guys like Proctor coming in and just looking badass. Uh, Lathan Ransom, who, a guy who's just gotten enormous amounts of crap. I think played really well. Um, they, they, they look like they've really turned a corner and, and a lot of it I think is attributable to uh, Knowles, you know, having this kind of, um, you know, philosophy change in a little bit where he's not quite as aggressive as he's been in the past and, and be willing to give up a, a few more yards to kind of win the, the series. Um But I thought they looked great, and I think they've looked great pretty much the entire season. So I'm I'm really confident in that side of the team.
1: I saw some things that are going to give me a little bit of concern relative to when they play McCarthy, like that – uh, one like, contain tackle on, that, on
0: Scrabble or Scramble, well, that and stuff one arm.
1: tackle that Eichenberg missed yeah. on Tagovailoa was yeah. absolutely devastating. And I can just see like that's going to happen against McCarthy because he's a, a slippery bastard and it'll yeah. just inevitably go down like that. I can see Chambers getting juked in the same way too, in a way that like, oh, McCarthy just gets away and then runs out of bounds to avoid any contact on the play whatsoever and gives up like two yards, but it's like, oh, I got away again. <laughs> the defense right. can't touch me. And that psychologically just drives you crazy if you're mm-hmm. if you know you're trying to get to the quarterback. So I listen, they gotta get sacks because the key to beating Michigan is you got to get pressure on McCarthy to the point where he's going to make mistakes when you speed up the decision-making. So that's, that's a really good if you're not yeah. getting pre- the, the pressure and the, the hurries and everything. That's great. But it's like we talked with Jones last week. That at this point feels more like more of a product of the secondary really locking it down than actually getting the kind of results that you want from the pass rush. I do you think there's are, a
0: do you think there's a wide receiver core in the conference that they really have to look out for? Like to that point, I mean, is there is there a wide receiver core that they would not be able to to stuff?
1: That's a fair question because I think they displayed
0: um, the toughest wide receiver core outside of Ohio State in the in the conference.
1: I I mean, Michigan's I've seen Michigan's receivers make a lot of similar plays this year to the yeah. ones Roman that Roman we Wilson's were legit. That catch that Roman Wilson had was very similar to the one that the Maryland receiver made at the start of this Ohio State game. Those are both catch of the year candidates. Right. So you have those kind of like play like they'll make those plays with like where I just doesn't matter how much you're pressing up in the red zone. Like I'll, I'll press it against my chest or whatever other part of the equipment. They have that kind of fearlessness you've got to be ready to play against that as a corner. They passed the test and they were kind of, they I mean they were playing from behind, but you know they really did it to themselves at, at you know a variety of different phases of the field. You would ideally hope that kind of start is not going to happen in the Michigan game, but if they do find themselves in a situation where they have to play from behind against a talented receiver core again i think this is an encouraging result for them to come off of given it's like oh these guys have made plays on us that have led to the lead here but we don't have to let that discourage us we can find a way to bounce back because you know we did it against
0: you know those turtles back in right. October. right no i mean this turtles um no yeah I, i'm kind of with you on that i i think that that's Something to be thinking about. Um, And, you know, it's easy to forget. I mean, we talk, you know, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Um, You got Purdue. And then right after that, you gotta, you gotta play Penn state. And so Penn state is really, I mean, that's the team on the horizon here that you gotta, you gotta pay really close attention to. You gotta go to camp Randall after that. Wisconsin, you know, may not be a great team, but Penn
1: state always gets night games and we always get stuck with noon. Yeah. that's Why, why do they never make them play? And You know what?
0: They did. They, they did it when they did the blackout and it was sick. It was awesome. That, that was the same year that Michigan did the, uh, the ridiculous, you know, he has trouble with the snap and, and lost to uh to michigan state and the most hilarious possible loss in michigan history um and it was awesome and i totally agree with you i don't know why they didn't just like try to flip the script on penn state my
1: my freshman year when they went 12 and 0 i i remember like i was sitting with all my friends in our, our ticket block and i remember looking at my friend and i said we're we're going to score 50 on them tonight. It's so easy. Like I know it. And he's like, "No way." No <laughs> way. He was just like you and everyone. He's like Penn State so good. No way. That this is the year they went 12 and 0. And they right. won the game sixty three to ten. And I just and that was a night game and I remember thinking, Penn State's gonna come in here. They can't handle this nighttime environment. They're so used to their their cozy, snug, white out at night. They don't ever right. have to deal with those hazardous road environments said the moment the script flips and they have to deal with that scarlet out it's over for them 63 to 10 but they don't make them play in those circumstances anymore but they always make ohio state play in a nighttime wide yeah always yeah, it's never a all. daytime anymore. yeah
0: that's stupid i think that's dumb they definitely need to make sure that like Penn state should be uncomfortable on the road not at fair. ohio stadium no it's not fair it's stupid um, and especially when you're like, okay, well, what's, what's Ohio State's night game? And they are like, oh, well, it's going to be the Rutgers or something. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, why? I don't know. Anyway, that's a, that's a very it's fair a point. It's a late night date with Shiano. Who doesn't <laughs> right, love that? That's right. That's right. Um, as long as you're not on a bike. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, anyway, look, hey. I'm not – I don't want to come off as super negative because I did enjoy the 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 way that they were able to fight back and turn around and, and stick with it. And I do think mentally this is an incredibly tough team. They're, they're – you know, they'll get down. You didn't see any kind of panic. They didn't, you know, like, oh, God, we just got to start throwing bombs or something like that. Comichord had a really bad start to the game, shook it off. Uh, that's the kind of resiliency that you want to see, I think, at a team, especially in key positions where you really – you know, you don't have experienced starters. And so I, I appreciated that. I think there are definitely some guys that, um, you know, McCord can rely on in situations like that. I mean, Cade Silver, like I said, only had two catches, but they were big catches. Uh, Marvin Harrison having 160 freaking yards, <laughs> whatever, on a gimpy leg, apparently. Let me uh,
1: ask you this. Are you less confident now coming out of the bye? Because I am.
0: You mean? So do you mean like less confident coming out of the bye than after the this Notre Dame not, game? This is not.
1: This is not how you want to see a team emerge from a bye week. No, and no. For that it, reason, it, I am less well, confident than I was after the Notre Dame game.
0: Right, and I think you know the the idea was that you have this big emotional one against Notre Dame, and then you get the extra week, and you kind of get yourself right. You you know, put your head back on straight mentally, you get some injuries taken care of, and then you, you come, come out home. Yeah, yeah, you get to play at home, and then you just start bombing Maryland, and obviously the op- the exact opposite happened. Um, so, no, that's not that's not a confidence builder. I want to see, I mean, I know none of these guys on the team care about this the way fans do, but I want to see Ohio State punch Purdue in the mouth and West Lafayette. <laughs> like, that is, that is, I, that's a... a would like that's a, to see that. Yeah, that's an ask from Johnny Ginter to the team. It's not that I think it really like they're I think they're going to beat Purdue. They're a much better team than Purdue. But just for my personal psychic well, health.
1: Travion Henderson listens to everything you say. So I That's sure right. Well, I hope, I hope he's pissed. I hope he comes healthy.
0: out. That's right. I hope he comes out and he just like busts him for 200 yards or something. But for my my, you know, psychic well-being, I need Ohio State to destroy do in West Lafayette. I just need that. I need those demons to be exercised. So, um, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, I'm confident that Ohio State's going to win. And I, I do think it's one of those things where you have to like, you don't have to make a statement. You just have to set a tone and it'll be interesting to see how they uh they do that here uh in the next week so we'll talk about that and we'll also talk about our favorite segment on the show ask us anything but before we do we want to remind you that we are sponsored by one medical here's one medical the best defense is a good offense and that goes for your health too that's why one medical the modern doctor's office is changing the playbook for primary care with four C bus locations and 24 7 virtual care one medical helps buckeye stay healthy And the relationship with OSU's Wexner Medical Center makes it easy to get access to specialists. To get your 30-day free trial, visit OneMedical.com and use the code TRY1MCOL. That's T-R-Y, the number one, M-C-O-L. All right, that was our sponsor, One Medical. Let's get to our favorite part of the show. That is, of course, Ask Us Anything. And we want to remind you that you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to Dubcast at 11warriors.com com uh let's go ahead and get started here with our good friend alvin uh who wants to know when is it acceptable to start with a halloween decor oh october 1st yeah yeah straight up like i think any major holiday a month before maybe not much before that all right i'm, I'm not saying you're out here like you know on, on uh, you know, mid-November. September out 30th stuff. is a little on the nose. Yeah, it's a little, that's right. It's a little on the nose. But I agree. October 1st, if you want to put out your Halloween stuff, I think that's fine. Now,
1: I, I, October is like synonymous with Halloween. So exactly. I, I absolutely the entire
0: no month is like a celebration leading up to Halloween. Like, it's the whole point. I,
1: so let me add along the same line, does it bother you when you start seeing Christmas advertisements right after Thanksgiving? Like it bothers me when I see Christmas advertisements.
0: It bothers me when I see Christmas advertisements in like November 1st, you know what I mean? Like they're starting to do it earlier and earlier this year really? like every year. Yeah, I see them up here yeah. all the time. Yeah, they, I even saw I saw a John Legend uh, commercial yesterday. About Christmas, and yeah, it was you're like, in the Ohio market. It's that's it's what I'm saying for you. That's right, and it was all about like, well, it's a little early, but he, he. I'm like, come on, man, like let's in, let's at least enjoy Halloween. <laughs> it's a little early, but bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I want to see. I want you get a month buffer, and anything beyond that, I am not super down. Christmas. The thing about Christmas is like as an educator right for so many years you don't really feel like it's christmas until like school's out essentially you know what i mean like it's hard to really get invested in anything because you're just so busy dealing with kids yeah. and all the other stuff so i'm not like one of those guys that like gets super amped in the lead up to the christmas season because there's just too much stuff going on for me um you know even as somebody who you know i'm, I'm in a library doing like you service stuff but like uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to get in that spirit, but with Halloween, it's different because it feels like, you know, the seasons are changing and there's pumpkins everywhere. And you're like, okay, now I'm like fully invested I'm in a minute. And they, you know, there's decorations and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Halloween is one that I really like to savor for the month, but you know, not much more than that.
1: When is the latest acceptable time to take down your
0: Halloween decorations? <laughs> Right before your Christmas decorations go up, <laughs> <laughs> That's, leave them up as long as you want, man. Like, and pumpkins don't go out of style as long as they aren't rotted or even over. Oh yeah. my
1: God. In 2015, no, 15, 14, the year they won the national championship, the night they beat Michigan State, mm-hmm. I, my friends and I, we were such goons. We went all the way down fourth and then back ups. we know we went all the way down summit and then back up fourth and it was we literally did this because it was after halloween at this point and it was like you should not have your pumpkins out anymore and we just we we like tossed every pumpkin into the street into summit and fourth that we saw we were just terrorists. It was, it I was, was so say, awful. That's, that's so destructive. Awful. But you know what? I, I you don't know that there's take, a statute of you gotta, limitations gotta, no, on that. You got you to gotta take those those expired vegetables off of your porch. <laughs> they're, they're, it is November. They're at, it is squash season. Get the pumpkins out of here. If it can't be in a cornucopia,
0: I don't want to see it. Pumpkins can be in a cornucopia. You can put Absolutely not. They should be in a pie. Well, I mean, yeah, you're not going to eat it raw, but still, I think you can put it in the if nice If that
1: pumpkin isn't already being pureed or whatever you do to get put it in the oven, no, it's going Actually, into the street,
0: especially if we did,
1: especially if JT Barrett just threw like 3 touchdowns on Michigan State's head in East Lansing. <laughs> we were Fair we were enough. going off. We couldn't be stopped.
0: You know what, I that should be like a, a nice post-Halloween tradition where everybody gets their pumpkins and you just grain that sucker down into pie and you're like, all right, Thanksgiving season, let's go, let's roll. For um, the
1: threat of drunk Ohio State that's fans. Right. Passing that's right, that's right. George will come
0: to your house and destroy your decorations, your holiday uh, I, decorations. I, I, I
1: had partners. Your,
0: your small child who worked for hours on their, <laughs> on their jack-o'-lantern and wanted to take a picture with it the next day.
1: Your kid's jack-o'-lanterns That's right. sucks. That's right. In it's November. In, in November.
0: It's in the street. Um, should have taken those pictures earlier. Uh, <laughs> this is – all right, this question is from Kevin. Uh, all right, so after beating Notre Dame, the college football playoff, is a real possibility, is there any condition in your minds where Ohio State wins all of its football games, uh, loses to Michigan, and then gets into the playoffs? Yeah. That's the it same happened. thing that happened, happened last year, right? It happened. So yes, there that is a condition. It's it's called exactly what happened uh, a year ago. And the thing is, man, like sometimes people go, "Well, you know, Ohio State didn't didn't win their game, so they would." There's no way they would get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, all these guys care about are ratings. They they don't really care. And Ohio State plays literally anybody and gets the most, you know, the highest rated game on any given Saturday. That's their number one ace in the hole. And Can if they you lose the Michigan,
1: Texas wins out and yeah. and that happens and it's between Ohio State and Texas for oh, the God. last
0: playoff spot. That would be well then they just give it out. And Alabama. based on what difference. you're
1: saying, they would no, they would give it to the other would they not give it to the other Big Ten team for the potential Ohio Because in the, Michigan's probably number one under those circumstances. Yeah, they you make be. Ohio State for it, you trigger the instant rematch.
0: Right? Do you? I don't know if they pull the trigger on that. That's an interesting question. Really? I don't. Well, they had the opportunity. You mean, Texas to. is
1: the big enough national audience that they could like box Ohio State, out, even though they've traditionally Texas said Big Twelve, you
0: are not welcome here. Texas would be. I don't know that anybody else would be Texas would be Um, at this point. I think it's hard to tell because let's say you get Oklahoma, right? Let's say Oklahoma decides to run the table and then you've got that situation on your hands. Like, and it's not the same kind of brand, but still, you know, a blue blood. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Ohio state, if they beat Penn state and let's say they beat Penn state really convincingly and then they go on a tear and then maybe they lose to Michigan close they still have an interesting argument. I, I think a lot of it still depends on what the rest of the you know the country is doing and, and where everybody else is at and you know what you know most recent losses, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you let's say you, okay, let's use USC as an example, right? USC gets to the end of the year, right? And they're they let's say they're uh, let's say they're they they lost a game. But otherwise, you know, they're still in it. Let's say they lose, like in the next, like you know, week or two or something like that. Um, Who are they playing next week? By the way,
1: USC. I don't know, Um, but I don't even care. I automatically agree with your point that recency bias in terms of the yeah, and that's what I'm getting at. So crucial. That's exactly what I'm getting at. USC, if they lose now, I think would be in a better and went out would be in a better position to get in than if Ohio State were to lose to Michigan and then be like please
0: that's please. how i feel so okay so, so usc I, plays notre dame right they play notre dame yeah. at notre dame if they lose that game but then they go ahead and beat utah washington and oregon and ucla then i, I think, think they're in, they're in over washington State. i don't think they are either and i don't think they're gonna beat oregon for that matter um because and we gotta have...
1: worry about washington
0: as a playoff contender <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no but you do or oregon i mean that's Yeah, it's just really interesting, and I do think recency bias, and I think in part because you have so many big marquee games and kind of unexpected places, like to use Washington as an example at the end of the season, um, I think that changes the calculus a lot. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. For sure. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. And as you saw, Ohio state got in the playoff last year. So, you know, anything can happen. So that's ask us anything. Thank you for sending those questions in. We'll continue to answer them. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the national scene here. This is a really, (laughs) we alluded to it, obviously uh, with, uh, with Texas there, Texas getting skunked. Um, I'm never sad to see Texas lose. I don't really love Oklahoma being happy, but Uh, Horns down all the way. They are one of the most pompous, um, self-important fan bases in college football. Playing
1: the world's smallest violin for Quinn. Quinn years,
0: yeah, exactly. the memory of
1: his mullet.
0: (laughs) Well, and not only that, I mean, the guy came out and he threw for like 350 yards, but he also threw two interceptions. Uh, Gabriel for Oklahoma engineers this, you know, amazing drive at the end of the game. And really is just the hero of that game, obviously, and and just an unbelievable fashion. It was a great game, an incredible game. But just one of those where Texas, you know, it kind of validated a lot of the doubts I think people had about that team. Um, And I don't know. They could come back. They could come out and, you know, say, you know what, we're still really great. We still got Quinn Ewers, all that stuff. But they have a long struggle for relevancy, I think, against – the rest of the teams in the, in the college football world who are going to be able to establish their bona fides, um, you know, as the season goes on.
1: I'm glad Venables got a big like credibility moment for his brand there because it, it firmly establishes the idea that, uh, Dabo was propped up by That's an elite right. defensive coordinator right. and like two generational quarterbacks. Right. No, so, it does.
0: Absolutely, it does. Because you look at what Dabo's doing, like barely escaping Wake Forest, and you're like, huh, makes you think. <laughs> Venables
1: was always like that. he was one of those names that like scared me while he was at Clemson like in the same way that Kirby Smart scared me when he was at Alabama. so mm-hmm. i I'm relieved that he's at his own program and he's kind of out of the purview of uh Ohio State in terms of you know I I could see Ohio State and Oklahoma getting matched up in a playoff game at some point in the future, but for now, right. the fact that he's just kind of there to antagonize Texas is
0: delicious. So yeah, I'm very but,
1: much all for that
0: Bud Foster uh, level of uh, you know intimidation. I can I can definitely see that. Um, next thing I want to talk about real quick, I you know again we kind of alluded to this as well, but USC. I mean, it's it's wild. You've got the defending Heisman uh when who didn't have a great game against arizona um and it frankly got outplayed by arizona's quarterback in a lot of ways this game goes to overtime usc gives up 41 points to the arizona wildcats the unranked arizona wildcats i i know we make jokes about alex grinch and and everyone makes jokes about alex grinch but like Is there at a certain point you've really got to start asking questions like, is this like a conspiracy thing going on? Is this a it is. I
1: mean, they're they're inflating Caleb Williams stats. I don't even think it's like in dispute at
0: this point. Yeah, like what the hell is happening?
1: Like, they could have very easily lost. Okay, can we look at this? Like, how do you think? Let's let's examine the pattern of behavior here. How many Heisman Trophy winners does does Lincoln Riley have under right. his how many? Kyler three. Murray? Is it like Baker three or Mayfield? This point? Yeah. So Does he also did does he have uh Is it is it three? Is there I think it's, three. I think it's Caleb and
0: then Kyler and then Baker, I think is what you got. I could be missing one, but it's at least three.
1: Oh, of course cuz Caleb won last year so right. he's already got Caleb too. So yeah, no, right. it is 3. And and did was Alex Grinch not the defensive coordinator when Baker got it?
0: <laughs> I don't I think at that point Alex Grinch was um, Might have been a little soon was he still at Ohio State? I think he was still at Ohio State. Okay. All right. But regardless, but he I saw what if you're he trying saw to develop, what Alex he saw right. what he was doing for Haskins <laughs> and he
1: said, "I want this. For my guys, that's right. And, and look at this. So this, <laughs> it's. I don't look at it as a conspiracy as much as it is design. We right. want the most video game sit like games possible, so that our offensive production can thrive. That is the Lincoln Riley system. I just don't... and it fits Alex Grinch's like. Hey, you know how Knowles was like. We can make five. We can give a five shots, and we'll live with that. Alex Grinch is like we can give up twenty five of those a game and we'll we'll live
0: and I and I feel comfortable with that because
1: Lincoln Riley empowers me to operate under That's that right.
0: mindset. Can I? I got to tell you something, man. They play Washington and Oregon in back to back weeks. That is appointment viewing. That is going to be. I will. I, oh, yeah. I'm going to make sure I watch every single second of both of those games because that is going to be hilarity like again I say this all the time my rooting interests in college football are a Ohio State and then B whatever's funniest and that is going that those two games are going to be the funniest two games that I think are going to be played the entire season by any team that is going to be so hilarious to watch and I cannot wait for it
1: so I, so those Maryland fans I met at the bar, I ended up like watch, I, I went back to like, they were roommates and I went back to their apartment and it turned out they were UFC fans. So I ended up watching oh, the you. whole UFC card with them after the Maryland Ohio state game ended. And when I was leaving at like 10 o'clock, I came home and I was ordering a pizza on the way home to get delivered to my place. And I got home, and I had been drinking all day, and I just kind of passed out, and which is, you know, classic. And then I wake up at, like, 5 a.m., and I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be a pizza sitting at my door. So I completely missed the USC-Arizona game. I woke oh, up sad. at, like, 5 in the morning – I'm completely, I'm hungover, over, I'm like, Oh my God, there's a pizza at my doorstep. USC went to triple overtime. I have no idea what has happened. So I, like <laughs> wake up and, in an alternate dimension. And this, like, well, this is the best part. And then I opened the pizza box and one of my neighbors like took three of the pieces of pizza out of the thing. And I was like, I can't even be mad at that. No, and you can't. Like, no, you it can't. needed to be used.
0: Like That's right. I'm very, very proud. It wasn't like, going to be. Yeah. It, more power to that guy. And I've already made that decision. I
1: need to be on my game for those future USC matches. I yes. can't sleep through those because I'm going to miss great football and even better pizza. That's right. Not speaking, good defense, though.
0: No. And, and by the way, speaking of hilarity, uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, uh, Mario Cristobal. Um, uh, just oh, I mean, that wasn't
1: a, that wasn't something cool that happened in miami this weekend that's right
0: <laughs> and you know what it's not just that he lost the game because he refused to take a knee right i mean that's that is itself funny but i linked to you in the, in the notes before this uh podcast uh this this tweet from dan Wolken who pointed out oh, it's yeah. not just it's not just that he screwed it up against uh in this game right it, it, you know this weekend, he just doesn't ever take the knee. So against Miami, Ohio, they could have you know very they
1: beta behavior, kneeing it out. Right? Yeah. No. I were... no no. I'm a man. It's twenty three seconds left. Turning left the, the ball over.
0: That's right. We're up by forty one points, and I am going to run the ball. Like what the hell are you doing? So I guess this is just super on brand um for uh, for Miami to do this, and then of course. Inexplicably, it, it complete well not inexplicably. It, it's very easy to explain. It bit him in the butt because they fumbled the ball. I, I tried like
1: I tried to look at it as like yeah, it's. I tried to laugh at it like a lot of other people did. But then when I saw the video of the defensive player on Miami that transferred from I think UCF, and he was, I. He I don't think he was actively crying but it at least looked like he was in tears. And he oh, was just I mean, kind of shaking his head and he said what the f- are, he said what the f are we doing? Like right. you talk about coaches not putting players in the position to succeed. Like how yeah. much do you sabotage the work of people like that just because you're committed to this? We're not going to take a knee. Right. Every right. snap is important. That's it right. matters. Everything is a rep to get better at University <laughs> of Miami. That's and when right. we don't, we're going to lose the game when we could have just won. That's right. I guess ridiculous. It yeah. defies description. Yeah,
0: it's really stupid. And you know the thing about it is that Miami. This was a team that to that point had been undefeated top 25 team okay getting something going and then you you blow it on possibly the dumbest thing you could have done and that's it's and not we, just and we
1: don't like we're not privy to like ACC politics as big Ten right, fans, right, right. but Georgia Tech is a meme school in that conference. Oh, sure. To yeah. lose to Georgia Tech in football is like they you're that's kind of embarrassing. Like you're yeah. not a, you're it's not like going like to the championship to if you lose to Georgia Tech. That's yeah. a good
0: comparison. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's like losing to Rutgers or Northwestern. I say more
1: Purdue, but Rutgers
0: is funnier. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it just blows my mind. And it's one of the re- most ridiculous things I think you'll see all year. I, I do want to mention, and I said this earlier, I, I I know you may not be totally sold on Michigan, um, but they just completely clobbered Minnesota. I do think there are mitigating factors. Minnesota's uh, running back, uh, Darius Taylor, who my favorite stat that I kind of looked up when it came to this, Darius Taylor um, uh after the first four weeks of the season uh, was the um, leading rusher in the big 10, right? By a pretty decent margin. He has missed the last two games with injury and he is now the leading rusher in the big (laughs) 10. This is after only getting one carry in the first game. So his production through three games is still good enough to make him the leading rusher in the big 10 by like 80 yards. So, when we talk about, you know, we talked about earlier, and I think you made a good point where it's like, okay, if you've got a guy like Trayvon Henderson, he's out of the game, that changes what you have to do on offense. I was going to say, are you cutting
1: Minnesota some slack, but not Ohio State? Yes,
0: because Ohio State is much better than Minnesota. But I got to tell you something. I will preface all of what I'm about to say about Michigan with the idea that Minnesota had no offensive identity. I mean, that was it. That's the dude. If he's gone, they're done. However, I will also say that if you watch that game, Michigan on both sides of the ball, particularly offensive line where they look way improved. um, And then on defensive line, we're just straight up just eliminating guys. And they, anytime they needed something, they got it. Like if Roman, they're like, you know what? This is third and 15. Roman Wilson needs to go out there and catch 20. They got it. They got it. Everything they wanted, they got. And my only caveat with, the way Michigan looked was that it is still an offense very much reliant on Blake Corum being awesome. If he gets injured or regresses or something like that, I don't know that JJ McCarthy can carry that entire team by himself. We see kind of seen what it happens uh, when he tries to do that, when he gets, you know, a little bit in distress, but when it's firing all cylinders, I really think that they're probably like, I think they played like the best team in the country. And if they continue playing like that, I think they are the best team.
1: Country. Well, he pulled it off against Ohio State last year when Corum got hurt.
0: That's right.
1: But he to he, part of but the they reason also had a, they were with,
0: playing, I think, a much worse pass defense than what they would see this year.
1: Well, they were playing a Jim Knowles that was committed to sending the house on third down in right. unnecessary situations. Right. right. A Jim Knowles that has since committed to much more conservative late down play calling this year that has led to uh, you know some of the commendable secondary results that we were alluding to earlier so I uh, you know I, I I'm not as opt- I'm not as impressed as you I'm just not especially in That's that fair. game I mean against it's... Minnesota Minnesota lost to Northwestern that True. team got punked by uh, uh, has been punked by far worse teams than Michigan. At that point, it, you can't be expected for that game to be competitive. They ain't played nobody. Yeah. Like I, I'm not impressed. Let them get to later in the season when they're actually dealing with like an offense that can give their <clears throat> defense... a a bit of a challenge early on where they can't just jump out ahead and then just get that kind of Blake Corum, like grind you into submission offense that sets up the passing game and lets them do whatever else they want with McCarthy. They, if they have to play at a pace where, you know, like the TCU game last year, Mm -hmm. where the decision-making is more accelerated you know, if they get matched up with a team like Maryland and to a Tali Atagavailoa has a, a an encouraging start as he did against Ohio State, who has a similarly impressive defense to what Michigan does. Sure. I, that, I think, late in the season, when they aren't as tested as Ohio State was coming into this, there's still a lot of proving that they need to do. I'm not ready to anoint them the consensus best team in the country, particularly after the performance Georgia just had against Kentucky, when we were all being very critical of how Georgia was, in many ways, having some of the slow start issues that I'm attributing to Michigan, even though they clearly didn't just have them against Minnesota. But I remain unimpressed. I think the jury's still out on them until November. And if you're an Ohio State fan, I know threat level is your gig, so it's your obligation (laughs) to do it. But just, you know, there's a theory about, you know, don't be pocket watching. Like, don't worry about them for right now. Worry about your own team. We clearly have enough to complain about over here as it is. And, uh, when we get to, you know, around November, that'll be the time to check in and see, let's see how they're really doing now that they're playing some teams that can give them some resistance.
0: Well, and to your point, I mean, you know, you've got Penn state, like I said, coming in in a couple of weeks. So that's definitely that that's the one to focus on. I think probably, uh, for the foreseeable future. Last thing I want to say here real quick, uh, still shout out again to CJ Stroud, just having unbelievable start to his NFL career, Uh, 186 passes, no interceptions, Um, I think that's the record, right? That's it. I mean, that's, that's no other quarterback has done anything like that for now. And he's going to keep adding to it. And the thing is, man, is I keep going back to this and I like, I think about all the pre-draft junk that was talked about this guy, you know, in the lead up where, you know, he's not coachable. Oh, it pissed me
1: off. That was like one of the first Dubcast episodes I did was when that mess was swirling.
0: And it's insane because it was clearly, I mean, it's obviously, clearly just junk, just BS. And the fact that it was able to stay out there and and become a story the way it did is just increasingly infuriating, I think, the longer CJ Stroud continues his run of just obviously being an NFL quarterback and, and doing an incredible Uh, job you know in his first year
1: ESPN couldn't have an Ohio State quarterback going ahead of an Alabama guy that's unacceptable for their narrative
0: right well and people even say oh he's gonna drop drop in the you know top down below the the first 10 picks and who knows what's gonna happen it's just karma came back to
1: bite the Brady Quinns of the world though because we got to see him in an AJ Hawk jersey last week that's right and that was quite enjoyable
0: Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. I appreciate that. Uh, Finally, and I think we would be remiss if we did not mention this, and especially, you know, I know that you, George, I think probably have some feelings on it, but RIP Dick Buckus, the legendary, uh, one of the greatest icons in in football history.
1: One of the funniest Um, people, old people on Twitter ever.
0: Yes, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, and people need to go back and, like, look at his account. Twitter is still up. You need to go back. That dude was freaking hilarious. Yeah, and he turned
1: it over in his like, you know, twilight years, but yeah. I for I think a little bit, but I mean some of the ways that he used to just clap back at fans, I mean, he would yeah. not care at all. He was He's not, great. Same same energy on the field, he carried it online throughout his whole life. Obviously, yep. Bears icon. That franchise has seen much better days. Uh but it was very very nice to at least see them get a win on Thursday night football. The uh the the day of, and uh, it was announced that Budkiss had passed. Uh, I right. thought it was funny watching the Redskins kicker miss a field goal late in that game, all I could think was Mr. Budkiss was uh, pushing that wide right. Uh, with, That's right. Uh, a little bit of his help. So
0: rest in go. peace
1: to the Bears icon. And uh, better times ahead for Mr. Fields, I hope. But he's and had a it, nice start well, to the season himself in some ways.
0: I'll tell you what, man.
1: He's eight, second in the league in touchdown passes right now, actually. He threw,
0: I, four, I he threw four touchdowns in consecutive games. <laughs> like he's thrown for i'm looking at the stats it's like he's thrown for like 600 yards in his past two games so i don't know something happened and uh you know you and they're believe. talking
1: about the bears moving on to caleb williams like why yeah, would you it. have this guy he's good yeah. get him
0: some help that's right um yeah they got the first one of the season uh rip dick buckus one of the coolest most entertaining uh, football players and human beings in football history. And uh, yeah, you know what? More, more like that, please. Uh, he was, he was an awesome dude. So that's more the Dubcast. Butt kisses. That's right. Uh, so that's it for the Dubcast this week. Uh, we will be back next week to break down Purdue. Hopefully I can, uh, you know, shed some of my personal demons uh, watching, you know, Ohio state, or at least, you know, by proxy. I mean, in theory I'll watch the game. Um uh, you know destroy them in West Lafayette I would appreciate that very much I'm going much
1: to a wedding on Friday the 13th the day before this game I have like can't just get any better bad vibes all <laughs> over the place I'm terrified of at
0: Purdue the day after that like this uh, is uh, you know I believe I believe Jinx aren't I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and be on record and yeah, maybe that. it'll
1: be like a double negative situation that's right to make a positive
0: that's right that's right <laughs> It cancels each other out and everything will be fine. And Ohio state one by 50 and Travion Henderson will rush for 200 yards and it'll be awesome. And I'll just shut up and, uh, you know, I'll let the other people talk because, uh, that's what I want. I really, 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 because want you're in a that. library. Yeah, that's right. And you have to That's be right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, I am working. Um, all right. So that's the dubcast for this week. We'll see you next week. Uh, until then I'm Johnny. I'm George do that take care folks